Hi guys, welcome back to Fill My Cup podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. Again, it's such a joy to have you here listening in and I hope that this brightens up your Monday mornings and just makes you just feel so loved and so seen and so hopeful for the rest of the week because I think Mondays can sometimes feel like a drag, but when you hear an inspiring story, you feel uplifted in the Lord. It just changes your whole day and the trajectory of your week. And so today I'm so excited because I have someone who means the world to me, other than Jesus, he's really up there. I love him so much and just admire his walk with the Lord and he's been such a blessing to me. So I'm excited for you to get to hear from him. So you can welcome Pastor Scott. Thank you so much, Tristan, for having (laughs) me. Uh, And I'm honored to be here. I really am. And uh, as I said earlier, I'm proud of you and how you've allowed the Lord because we can easily do what we want to do. But when you allow the Lord to do his work in us, it's amazing the fruit that can come from it and all. And so to have a front row seat in many ways to watch God use uh, use you and how you've allowed the Lord to, to move in your life has been it's been honoring. So thank keep you. It up. Uh, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. I would love to just before we start, if we yeah. could just pray and pray over what is said and what we talk through and just pray for the people that are listening. So if you want to bow your head and close your eyes, let's just pray together. Yeah. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you. I thank you for Pastor Scott and the wisdom he has single-handedly deposited into my life. And I thank you for the way that he's going to reach other people. I pray over his words and I ask that you would be in them, that anything that is not of you, God, wouldn't be said. You would hold his tongue for what to not say and release it for what he should say and what will give hope to people listening. I just pray for wisdom to overflow and for encouragement to overflow, God. I thank you for him. I thank you for the people that are listening. And I just ask that you would go before us and go beside us. Just lead this conversation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So I brought you on for a couple things and I've, I've prefaced through you like things that were really important that you've talked through with me that I just think are so encouraging for other people to get to talk through. But before we talk through all your wisdom that you have, I wanted to ask how you came to know the Lord. Like what is your story for your walk with Christ? Yeah, so gosh, my journey was beautiful in the sense that I grew up in a, in a Christian home, um, understood who Christ was from, from an early age. Uh, I would jokingly say, I think I was actually born in the church because I just, I just knew church life, you know, every, every right. Sunday, Sunday night, youth group and so on. Uh, it wasn't really until um, I was in high school that um, I um, kind of had this encounter with the Lord of, of wondering, was, was this real or was this just a relationship? I got invited to go to a youth, of, a youth weekend uh, on the West Coast uh, in the summertime. I had a good uh, close friend of mine who invited me to, to join him. And uh, I kind of turned it down. I was like, nah, I'm not interested in, in going. And then this girl that I was actually interested in oh. also asked me to go a couple days later. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to go. It'd be great. <laughs> right? So for all the wrong reasons, uh, God still shows up. I think that's going to minister to someone yeah, so for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> and so anyway, so I went on this, this youth trip and, and gave my life to Christ. I was 16 years old. Um, and it's so funny because I got in my car. My, my, my mom was picking me up. I got in the car. I said, Mom, I gave my life to Jesus. And I think she looked at me kind of like going like, thought you were already saved, but hey, way to go. You know, it was kind of that that moment and all. Um, So that was really the start of my journey. I think that's probably where the seeds were planted. Um, There wasn't a ton of watering in the sense of really growing in it. And so through my high school years, I just kind of, I'd check off Christian in the box, but I wouldn't say I was living it. And so uh, I think we've all been there at different times or seasons of our life uh, if we've had this, this journey uh, a lengthy period of time. But that was kind of my journey up until I was in, in college. And um, I had a moment where I really began to s- seek the Lord uh, as to was this real? Like was this journey really something that, um, that God had in store for me? And so 
Long and short of it, uh, kind of two parts. One was really finding what God called me to do. The, second, the first part of it was really my journey with the Lord. But I remember in my journey with the Lord, um, I remember inquiring him going, is, is this salvation? Like, what does it look like? How does this all happen? And I remember having this dream. Uh, I haven't shared oh, I'm this. so excited. I don't think I, I know this. I, don't, I haven't probably shared this very much. But I remember one night uh, I was sleeping in bed. And um, I was laying, I was sleeping at home, still living at home. And I remember in this dream, there was kind of, best I could say, it was kind of like the end of the world was happening. And um, motorcycles were involved and fire and uh, just uh, humanity was being crushed. Just crazy things were happening in my dream. But I remember in that process, I'm running away. I'm running away. My, my family's behind me. I'm like, come on, let's go. I'm running, running, running. And um, as I'm running, I remember yelling I'm not sure I'm ready. I'm not sure that I can go. I'm not sure that. And I remember as I wake up, I'm sitting up in my bed. And I'm fully full of sweat. Bed's all wet. And it was at that moment that I realized, even though I had prayed this prayer, mm-hmm. went forward uh, many, many years ago, I wasn't living life out. I wasn't journeying. It was, it was a moment in time. But there was a seed, like I said, a seed that was planted. But I wasn't living for the gospel. I was just kind of doing my own thing, caught up in the, my own things in the world. And I remember rolling off my bed, getting on my face before the Lord, crying out, saying, God, forgive me for the last five years of my life that I, I said yes to you, but I didn't live it. Mm. You know, I answered, but I never really lived that thing out, that answer out. And I said, God, I said, let there be a nature change from this moment forward. And so I was 21 years old. Wait, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. So you got saved and you said there was like a five-year span yeah. that you're like a Christian. like. Yeah. You checked off the box, like you said, the sinner's prayer, the Lord's prayer, whatever, yeah. and you got saved. Great. Yeah. But then in those five years, you weren't living for God. Wasn't living for God. I was living for myself. Like, okay. again, I would say I grew up in a Christian home. It was great. Got good principles. Uh, there was a moment that I said yes to the Lord. Like, there was a moment I, I raised my hand, went forward. I confessed Christ to people at one point uh, and hundreds of, of, of teenagers. I remember that moment. Mm-hmm. But from that point forward, there was this... There was this high that you have coming off a of youth camp and all that stuff and all, and then just kind of dwindles. And I went through my high school years, kind of did the same things I was doing before that, got into my college year, uh, a couple of years into college, just kind of just doing life. Not really, uh, wasn't going to church on a regular basis, was just kind of living the worldly lifestyle and all that stuff. Um, but then began to inquire, and I walked through that season. My mom was my mom was dying of cancer, and I think anytime you have these these pivotal moments, you begin to really reassess uh, eternity. And watching my mom walk through that process, uh, wondering for her what the end result would be, caused me to begin to get my butt back in church. Right. Uh, I had some people in my life that had come back in my life and said, you need to come back to this church. And we got involved in that church. Different. But, man, I felt God begin to kind of pull me in that direction closer to him. But I, I was still wondering. I was still kind of in that wonder moment. And then I had this, this, this dream that uh, shook me to my core, that... Again, I would say I checked the box off, but when for me it was when I when I woke up saying I don't know if I'm ready. That's your answer. That shook me. Going, wait a second, all that stuff is good, mm-hmm. but am I living it now? Am I, am I doing what God's called me to do? And so I would say, even though I got saved at 16, it wasn't until I was 21 that I really saw uh, a nature change in my life, where my thoughts begin to change, my attitude begin to change, my desires begin to change, my words begin to change, all that stuff begin. Why? Because I now became conscious of it. And saying, I've got to do, I can't be the same person just because I say the prayer and went forward and confessed. That's great. Seeds mm-hmm. were planted. But if I don't want the evidence of that seed being planted and just a seed that's being planted, then woe, woe to me as an individual, as a, as a believer. Because I'm not any different than the next guy. I just 
got emotionally attached and prayed a prayer and so on. Um, and so that moment at 21 years old radically changed me, spiritually speaking, mm -hmm. that I said, I can't go back to where I was anymore. Like when, when, when you have that moment and that encounter with the Lord, you can't go backwards. And hopefully from that point forward, there's multiple encounters, right. right? The Bible says we're changed from glory to glory to glory. So those moments of being changed aren't because of just necessarily just a scripture read, but there's an impasse or, or a moment where the Holy Spirit comes in and changes you, changes your nature, changes your thought process, changes your vision for your future, and you begin to see things differently. And I would say at that point, because of what I was going through personally in life, I began to really grasp, grasp out for the things that God was asking of me. Mm -hmm. And that was really kind of the start of this journey of uh, ministry and just being completely uh, sold out. You wow, know? yes. And so I think that's so important. Thank you for even going into detail about all of that yeah. without even me having to like ask into it. But it's so true. I think in church we often say like, if you want to give your life to the Lord, like raise your hand and say this prayer. But I just don't think that that's it like that's where it starts that's yeah. not it right and you then give your life to the lord but then it's okay god what do you want me to do with my life how can i serve you what should the fruits of my life look like how can i love better right. how can i take my vision and my lens off of myself to put it on the people around me right and it's just it's not the end to raise your hand it's the beginning of your faith to raise yeah. your hand to say god i'm living for you help me to do it and what does that look like and it inspires me so much because i remember talking with you and you have a story of when you were going to go into nursing. And I love this story. Can you share this story? Because it's so powerful that you were going to go into nursing yeah. and the Lord redirected you and actually called you to go into ministry. Yeah, yeah. So I, again, probably coming a few months after I had that moment, uh, that dream with the Lord, um, I really, I got plugged into church and I began to say, I see my life differently at that point. What does that look like? I wanna help people. I wanna help you know individuals. How does that happen? Uh, and I just felt naturally, oh, it's got to be in the nursing direction. I love helping people. This will be great and all. And so uh, I was involved in my church, serving and all that stuff. I thought serving people in that, well would, that way would be well as well, too. So going back 30 years, 25, 30 years ago, to go into the nursing program, like there was a massive influx of people wanting to be nurses. And so locally, I went to a school here locally, um, went to the whole process, got accepted into the school, uh, took all the testing and all that stuff, and then met with the counselor. I said, great, you're in. Uh, you know, we we're taking you into to our school and all, but uh, there's about a two-year waiting period. The story is crazy. I'm like, what? <laughs> two-year waiting? It's like eight, maybe 18 months, but probably two years. So go continue to do whatever you're doing. We will call you, right? He said, we will call you. We're not gonna, don't call us. We will call you when, when your spot's open and available. Uh, and your class will be called in if someone's to do all that. So I'm like, all right. Well, it's kind of, kind of deflated a little bit because I thought I got into the school, got all this stuff done. Now I got to sit and wait for two, two years, 18 months. And so, um, so still involved, serving, working, serving at my church and so on. And um, I remember probably about a, about a month after that, uh, getting accepted into the school, I'm like, Lord, I said, you know, I, I don't want to just sit and wait for the next two years. Like, is, is, is there something that's, that I need to be, what do I need to be doing? So I'm serving in uh, leadership and involved in a church there three or four days a week, involved and so on. And uh, I begin to read on, on prayer and fasting. Mm. And certainly scripture talks about, you know, the importance of it, uh, the guide of prayer, the guide of fasting and so on. And I begin to do kind of a research on fasting and so on. And there's a lot of different ways you can fast. And we certainly we see in scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament that fasting um, uh, kind of creates momentum, you know, in a person's walk and all. And so I begin to say, God, you know, is the direction nursing? Because I think at 21, 22 years old, we, begin, we ask the same question everybody else does. It's like, you know, what is my purpose for life? You know, God is the number one question we ask God is what is our purpose, you know? 
Um, well, Bible, God says this in Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you. So God knows the plans and their plans to prosper and not to harm. Right. So God, I just want Jeremiah 29 kind of be lived out in my life. How does this whole thing work and so on? And so I'm doing this study on fasting and prayer. And I'm like, that's it. I'm just going to go fast and pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, God will hear my prayer and then he'll give me an answer and I'll know exactly what to do. And so I was at ministry. Is it nursing? Is it something totally different? I don't know. So I didn't tell anybody. Um, but I said, all right, well, I'm just going to kind of test him at his word. I know you've never probably ever done that before, right? No, I do that all the time. Okay, that's good. <laughs> You're in good company. All right, I'll make a good company. Uh, and so I, um, so I said, all right. So I began to start myself on, on a fast. And I said, you know, and, and you can do fruit fast. Uh, back then, you didn't really have social media. But people nowadays do social media fast. Mm-hmm. All that stuff was good. Uh, but I just, I'm kind of like, go big or go home. We're going to go all water. Go just just going to go water. No, no food, just water. <laughs> I can do this. Besides, God's going to answer my prayer and tell me in about a day or two anyway. So exactly. no big deal, right? So day one comes. And uh, I've, you know, three times a day, I'm just really kind of speaking, spend the time with the Lord between work, after work, during, you know, my lunch period, lunch, lunch break and all. And um, drawing close, feeling his presence, but not real like defining like, this is it, right? Uh, day two happens. I haven't, you know, inquired of anybody, letting anybody know what's going on. Um, and I'm like, day three. It's got to be day three because you know, Jesus was raised on the third dead. So in my mind, I'm going three days you're of fasting. This is really good. Okay, God, you're waiting. You know, it's day three. And also day three comes. I don't feel anything. I feel, feel hungry. I feel closer, honestly. Hungry I feel closer. no answers. Right, no answers, which is a hard place to be, right? <laughs> um, but, I, but I do. I feel like I'm moving. I'm just not moving with the direction I feel like I'm, I'm wanting to get to. I, mm-hmm. I kind of went into this for an answer, and I don't have an answer yet. And so um, day three comes, day four comes. I remember coming home. My dad had made uh, like my favorite meal that no. night. Yes, it was no. garlic bread and it was spaghetti and meat sauce. Like I walked in the door and I smelled. I'm like, oh, that's so good. But I didn't tell my dad you know, what was going on. And so I said, hey, dad, I'm not eating tonight and everything. And he's like, yes. And I kind of made some excuse up. Went into my room, you know, and, and so on. So day four, day five. And now I'm thinking to myself, five days, like, all right, like, what are we doing? Like, God, hello, you know, we, are you, you, like come, I'm asking, you know, I committed, knocking. you know, I committed this thing, right? You know, we're five days in. Like, Lord. I'm going to die. Right, right. So day six happens, and then day seven, um, and I'm seven days into it, just, just water. Uh, and again, there were times in my journaling and the Lord was really speaking to me on certain things and, you know, uh, showing me some things I need to, 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 to change and get rid of and add and things like that, but nothing to the answer I was really looking for. And then that afternoon, um, I'd finished working, and I just felt a, a need to go pray, go walk and pray, and to go somewhere different. So I went out all the way to the end of um, Sawgrass Expressway. Mm-hmm. It just built. It was only like a year or two old. And if you go to Sawgrass, if you climb under the Sawgrass, there's a levee that's right there that separates between the, the expressway and then uh, Everglades. Okay. And so I crawled underneath that. You got crawled? On top, I crawled? Well, yeah, you got to crawl under the bridge there. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, and then I, you stand back up again, you're on the levee there. And then I just start walking the levee. And I'm walking, you know, I was heading south on the levee and just kind of talking and praying and everything. And, um, but there was a moment that I, I kind of just, I, I, I remember falling to my knees because it was pebbles. And I remember falling to my knees, but I didn't, they didn't hurt at all. Like it was, I was, best way I could explain it, like there was a numbness in my body. I fell to my knees and I just began to sob, begin to cry. And I began to kind of just pray to the Lord. And before I closed my eyes, the last thing I saw was I saw the highway and I saw the Everglades and I saw this road I'm on. As I closed my eyes, I felt this strong presence that the Lord was saying, you can have the left or you can have the right. Either one's okay, but I've got a direction for you. I'd rather you go left than go right. 
and left for you was into going into ministry. I have this in play for you if you want it, but it's a journey. Right is okay, but I, I'd rather, and so I felt in my heart going, God was, was defining a moment in my life going, there's two sides. Neither one are necessarily wrong mm. because God moves in both sides, so but I believe there's a path that God has us to be on. We can take 95 to get to a location or we can take A1A, <laughs> right? Well, we still get to the location, we still get to St. Augustine one way or the other, but there's a, there's a way that God has for us along the way as well too. That's the path that we always wanna be on. We can still take our own way and still get there. There might be some harder, more stops along the way, some harder challenge along the way, but we could probably still get, we'll still get there as well too. But I want what God, wanting what God was, was asking for me. And so at that moment, I feel like he was saying, I'm calling you into ministry mm. if you want it. But it's a road less traveled. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be weary at times, but I'll be there with you. And when I felt that, I began to, begin to weep and cry. And I stood up and I felt like, all right, I've got some orders. I've got an answer to this prayer that I've been praying for the last seven days on it. From God himself. From the Lord. I just felt like the Lord was so present. Like when, when we fast, when we give up our natural need and we take on the supernatural need, it allows us to be more aware and more vulnerable and more open to the spirit to move in our life. And that's what fasting does. It creates that, that room for that. And so I remember getting up, walking back to my car, kind of feel overjoyed, like, okay, I've got some marching orders. I think I'm, I got some direction I'm going to go. I got into my car. I drive home. And I think about this 20, almost 30 years ago, there weren't cell phones. Like cell phones weren't prevalent and all. And so um, as I'm walking through my door into the house, the phone rings. And as the phone rings, I grab it off the side wall and it has this really, really long cord. Those of you who are 40 and up, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. If you're under 40, you're like, what do you mean long cord? Yeah, I have no Wait, idea. It's like 20 foot cords so, so you can walk around a corner of the wall and talk to somebody on the phone. Anyway, so I grabbed the phone <laughs> and I'm walking by. I'm like, hello. He's like, hi, uh, looking for Scott Salisbury. I'm like, we well, are speaking to him. Right when you walked in the As door. I'm, literally, after I'm walking you in. you got your answer from God. Yes, like literally walking in the house. Um, moments, literally walking to the kitchen, phone rings. I grab the phone. It's going to grab something out of the fridge. He asked for my cell. I see this guy speaking. He goes, hi, this is Mr. So-and-so from the nursing school. I'm like, oh, hey, surprised because it had only been three months since I had applied and got into the school. He said it was going to be two years. I said, oh, hey, Mr. So-and-so, how are you doing? He's like, great. He's like, hey, we want you to know we had a couple of students that had actually dropped out of the school. And so when that happens, uh, we do a lottery. Mm -hmm. And then we just pick a random, random student's name. And your name got picked. I'm like, oh, he's like, so congratulations. Come on down here. We're going to start the process to go to nursing school. Now, I pause for a second. Oh, now, I'm like, wait a second, Lord, you just gosh, spoke to oh me. Gosh an hour ago that you have me going in this direction of ministry. But now I got an amazing phone call. Like, so I told the guy, like, I said, are you sure, God? I said, right. So I said, I said, can you hang on one second? He's like, yeah, yeah. So I put my, and I just sat there for a second, like thinking through what I just walked through. And I said, okay, this is a moment, right? Would, would it be bad to say no, to say yes to this? Probably not, it'd be fine, right? But was that what God was asking me to do? Well, I knew what God was asking me because I had sacri sacrificed and prayed and fasted and God had kind of directed me in that. So I knew in my heart, no, the direction wasn't this direction that I could assuredly say, hey, I'm sorry, I got something else. And so I picked up one of them, I said, hey, sir, I said, thank you so much for the offer. I'm honored that you picked me. I got lottery, wow, what a, what a blessing. I said, but I'm actually gonna go a different direction. And he goes, excuse me? He's like, he's like, you realize what you're turning down. And I said, I said, yeah, I said, you know, I appreciate it, appreciate the offer. He goes, and he kind of got offended a little bit and everything. I said, I, I, I know I'm turning your thing down, but I've got something better in, in store. 
And it's hard to explain this, but thank you again. Thank you for the opportunity. He's like, you realize people are waiting to you. I said, I realize what people are waiting for. I said, but I've got a different direction of going my life. He goes, okay, you know, and I hung the phone up. And there really was, in the natural, when you, when you make these, these, these moments, you do think, like, like did I just did hang I up a mistake? a mistake? Did I just, you know? But yet, at the moment you think that, you go, no, wait, wait, no, I've, I've put myself in a position to really hear what God was asking and that's what you have to kind of hold yourself to when it comes to faith. Like, God, did I seek you? God, did I ask you? God, did I inquire of you? God, did I prepare? Did I do all these things? So when you answer, I know that you're, that's your answer, mm -hmm. that I'm not just trying to come up with some hyperbole to make me feel good about it, right? And so when you hang that, when I hung that phone up, I said, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Now, God is funny in the sense that I marry years later and my wife is now a nurse so wow. it wasn't too far off right god has a, has a sense of humor in that but but knowing that in that season that pivotal time we don't exactly know what those answers are mm -hmm. and they could be little answers or they could be big answers but we, i believe that those some of those answers are defining for our future like how do we make some of those defining moments and i think a lot of it comes through prayer through fasting and really seeking and inquiring what god has for us especially the big especially the big ones um and it's not because well if you'll just fast or if you'll just do sometimes god is waiting god is is is, is, is kind of allowing us to kind of woo him into a place where we're, we're yearning for his his word sometimes it's through his word he leads us sometimes it's through a prophetic word from somebody else confirmed throughout his word so it can happen in many different ways but what his word teaches us oftentimes is seek and you will find knock and the door will be open we don't just knock one if, if i if i walked in here and said i know i know tristan's in there but i knocked one time she didn't answer i'm like all right see i'm leaving no no i'm gonna knock again she probably didn't hear me i'm gonna knock a third time i'm gonna knock a fourth time maybe call i might walk around here and bang on somewhere because i know you or or something's happened right? right so god is saying i want you to knock i want you to ask i want you to seek me so i can answer you god does not want to withhold things he's not going uh, i'm not telling you what this is he's like no i have this for you but go after it because there's great reward. When you seek, there is so much learning in the process. So true. We're sacrificing. We think we're giving up. Oh, God, but there's so much, there's so much learning in the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. We feel like, well, I don't want to sacrifice. I don't want to give up. When we develop self-control, we develop patience. When we pursue the things of God and not to pursue the things of the flesh, those self-sacrificing moments allows the Spirit of God to elevate in us and the flesh of man to decrease mm -hmm. in us. But it takes uh, consistency. It takes continuing to do that over and over and over again to watch God continue moving our life. It's, it's these little steps, these little gestures of going, I'm gonna do that and I wanna see God do it. Because we have to, we have to, we have to talk about what God has done in the past, but what he's also doing in the present. Mm. I, I, are you okay if I read the scripture? Oh, oh. I, I, I am okay with that, All right, actually. good, 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 good. <laughs> I was reading this a week and a half ago out of Judges, the second chapter, and I've been walking through the book of Judges, and it captured my heart because it reminded me so much, a lot of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're capturing people's testimonies, inspiring individuals. On Monday morning, we feel like, Monday morning, here we go. You're going, let me give you something inspirational, right? We need to talk about what God is doing. Judges chapter two, check this out. Verse seven, it says, and the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and leaders who outlived him, those who had seen all the great things the Lord has done for Israel. And Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at age 110. They buried him in the land that he had been located in the hill country of Ephraim near Mount Gash. Listen to this. 
after that generation had died, after Joshua's generation had died and all those people who had died, what did they see in that generation? They saw massive moments where God showed up in a pillar, in a cloud, separating the Red Sea, providing manna, water from a rock. I mean, miracle after miracle, sustaining millions of people through food, through shelter, uh, protecting them from their enemies. All that, God had done all those things. That entire generation would talk about stories of what God did to their kids. But eventually that generation turned over and they all died. And this is what happened. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. And it goes on, verse 11, it says that the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. And they went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people that were around them, and that angered the Lord. And it says, verse 13, and they abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and other images. And I think so oftentimes, when we stop talking about what God has done and is doing, we're waiting for the next generation to believe the same things we believed. And they're going, what do I, I'm believing what you, the stories you tell me? No, I want my own stories. Mm. And that's why sharing stories, sharing testimony, witnessing to people, doing these things, we build our own testimony that God is still alive. He's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change. No matter what's going on in Israel right now, what's still going on in America right now, what's going on in Zimbabwe, he's still in control. It's heart-wrenching. It's heartbreaking. He's still in control. But we've got to talk about who he was, who he is, and who he's going to be because he will never change. So and so we've got to share these stories. We've got to share what God did in our life. Sharing testimony of what God has done in our life, it's good. These are the journaling moments we journal down in. So when we feel like, gosh, God, I feel like you're far from me, we pull our journal out and we go, oh, remember when this happened? Yeah, I remember Oh, remember when he showed up here? Yeah, remember when he provided here? Yeah, okay. All right, God, sorry, I had a, had a little moment. Like, yeah. We've all had those. We've right. had those, those moments. Doubts, those those doubts, those fears. So we have those, but if we don't have something to combat the enemy, right? because he doesn't come blow the door off the, off, the, off the wall, he just waits for the door not to fully shut, and then he just kind of sticks his foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And then he wiggles his way a little bit, and then he begins to play mind games we find the weaknesses of our lives, our emotions, our feelings, our, 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 uh, our lack, you know, if we've been abandoned, all these things. He finds those weak spots, and then he begins to, to, to live in those areas. And if, we're not, if we don't recognize it and kick it out mm-hmm. and allow God's word to be the authority of our mind, of our body, and of our spirit. Mm-hmm. How can you recognize the difference between the voice of the devil and the voice of God? God's voice always lines up with his word. Okay. Always. He will not go against his word to perform his work okay. in your life. Mm-hmm. So his word is, um, is a lighthouse to our life. Uh, I don't know what's God trying to tell me. Get into his word. Mm-hmm. What does God think about this? Get into his word. Like there is nothing, Tristan, in this world. There's not a question you'll ever have that God hasn't already answered. In 66 books, hundreds and hundreds of chapters, thousands of words, he's answered any question we'll ever have in life. He's answered it for us. The challenge can be sometimes, God, what does he have to say about this? Like, what do you have to say about addiction? Um, what's going on over in another country? Like, what, he's, he talks about it throughout his word. We've got to get into it, what his word says, allow that to be what leads us, guides us, and directs us, and not allow our emotions and feelings. Because we can turn the news on and watch and go, oh my gosh, those people in that country, I can't, no, 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 God loves them. Mm-hmm. Now, it's really hard to understand how God loves a barbarian, but he does, he loves their heart. He dispels what they're doing. 
but they're part of, still part of his creation, right? So how do, those are the hard conversations to have, but those are the things we've got to pray through. Mm. God, what is your heart in this process? I don't want to pray uh, God's unwill. I want to pray God's will for every scenario of our life, the little things and then the big things. I think about a moment. Um, I was driving home from, from church on a Wednesday night. We just had service, and um, my wife had called me. And she was pregnant uh, with our second son, and um, she craved Taco Bell a lot. And um, she said, babe, she said, could you go? Could you? I'm so hungry. I'm craving. I said, let me get Taco Bell. She said, I'm craving Taco Bell. I said, all right. Now, I'm in East Boca. The only Taco Bell was West Boca off 441. We live a little bit in between there. It's kind of out of the way. It is pouring like a man soon, like just, just pouring down. And I'm driving in the car, and I'm exhausted. I'm like, all right, I'm going to Taco Bell. I'll get you Taco Bell. <laughs> and as I'm pulling off 441 into Sandalfoot Shopping Center, there's a McDonald's right there. And you got to kind of cross over a canal. And as I'm getting ready to cross over, my, my windows were all fogged up and, and everything. It's pouring down rain. I've got the windshield wipers. As I pull off 441, uh, I'm pulling into the shopping center, and there's a guy walking like right in front. I slam my brakes on to keep from hitting, and I kind of swerve around him. And as I slow down, I'm like, I think I recognize the guy. And so I, I roll my window down. It's pouring down rain. And I yell at him. say, hey, so-and-so. And he looks at me, and he turns around. And I said, hey, so-and-so. And he looks back again. He goes, hey, Pastor Scott. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, I'm like, I said, get. So I get in the, get in the, I'm getting. It's pouring down. And all the water's filling up. With the, the, the car's filling with rain and everything. Nice. And he gets in the car and everything. Got the window rolled up. And, and uh, he grabs his bag, and he kind of puts it there and everything. And uh, I said, what are, you, what are you doing out here? It's like, oh, I'm trying to get across the street to the Cumberland Farms and everything. So let me give you a ride. I was going to go buy Taco Bell and everything. It's like, all right. So I kind of talk into him a little bit, and we kind of get across the street and everything. I'll park the car. And I said, um, so what are you doing out here? I said, pouring down rain. And, I, and he just kind of mumbles a couple of things or whatever. And I see him at church. So I, knew who, I knew who he was. I said, something's up. What's going on? I, I don't want to talk about it. I said, we well, don't have a choice. You're in my car. <laughs> I just gave you a ride. So you got to tell me what's going on. So this isn't, this isn't like you, what's up? And um, he said, um, I'm done. I'm done with my life. I said, what does that mean? He said, I, um, I don't want to live. I said, okay. He's like, so uh, I was actually getting ready to jump off there into the, into the uh, canal and kill myself. I said, all right. He says, and then I realized I wasn't going to sink, and so I had to go to Publix. He had, he had this Publix bag with some stuff, and I didn't know what it was. He said, so I went to Publix, and I got this, and he holds it up, and it's a bag of a bunch, a bunch of rocks in it. And he says, I realized that I wouldn't sink on my own. And so I had to go get a bag and put some rocks in it. I was going to tie it around my neck and just jump in that way. He's like, and then you almost hit me with your car. And so I'm, I've sat there kind of just like trying to process everything for a moment. I said, Okay. I said, um, I said, you believe God has a plan for your life? He goes, I don't think he does. I said, so let me tell you he does. I said, because he sent me all the way from East Boca at this, this exact moment in time, we call it a Kairos moment, like this moment, God moment, to be here. I don't want to be here. My wife sent me here to go get Taco Bell for her. I said, but God, bigger picture, God had me come here to rescue you and to encourage you and to love you. And he just begins to weep and cry and all. And so we probably spent 20 minutes in the car talking, walking through some of the struggles he was going through, crying through some of that stuff together, um, and then kind of setting him on his way. Uh, I, I hold on to those little moments, Tristan, because I'm always reminded that we may not know what our future is when we walk outside the door, but we know someone who does. God holds everything in his hands. He's got everything in store. Our job is to go, hey, God, what is my plan today? 
Like, you got my plan today, God. This is your day. I'm gonna rejoice in this day, but lead me along this path of righteousness for your name's sake, because I wanna do what you called me to do. In my own, we're gonna stumble and bumble along the way. But as we're leading and doing what God's called us to do along the way, we know that we have God's perfect plan in play for us. Mm. And I, I kind of wrote this way. In the silence of his word, we must seek him. Mm. But when he answers our prayers, we must adore him. Mm. In the silence, when we don't feel like we hear his voice, we still got to seek him. Still got to go after God, what are you saying? What are you asking me? But when he answers our prayer, that we don't get to go, okay, God, thank you for moving, and we move on. And when he answers that prayer, man, let us adore him. Let us worship him for who he is and for what he's doing in the present, but certainly for the future as well. I want to go back really quick to also when you brought up that call, that kind of moment with going into nursing or going into ministry, yeah. because that to me is so interesting. And I feel like my brain goes like a million different questions and thoughts and mm -hmm. well, what ifs and like, if you went into nursing and that wasn't where the Lord was leading you because mm -hmm. you had that encounter, but you did it anyways, do you think that's you taking your own will and running with it? And like, it's weird because like, I don't want to say it's like, who knows? Like, we're not in control. And we can't play God. But I can speak for me personally. Like, I sometimes get paralyzed out of being so afraid that I'm out of the Lord's will yeah. because I love him so much and I know he has a plan for my life and I know he has purposes for my life and I think the people that might be listening I believe that they know that or I hope that they know that God has a plan and a purpose for their life too but my struggle is like God what you have is what I want like mm. I've I remember the moment I sat on my bed like three years ago or four years ago or something after I gave my life to Jesus and I just literally remember sitting there and I was like well, God, like I've, I was reading in Matthew 6, and it talked about when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. And I was like, God, I'm living my life completely for you. Like yeah. when I pray, when I fast, when I give, I'm going to start fasting. I'm going to start praying every day. I'm going to wake up in the morning. Like there is no other option in, in my choices of how yeah. I want to live my life. My choice is God's choice for me. Like there isn't a choice on my end. But because I'm so like sold out for Jesus, that he's everything to me that I'm like, okay, God, I'm so afraid to be out of your will that it started to actually cause me to get paralyzed to move. Like, yeah. what if I make a mistake? What if I fail? What if I mess up? What if, like, I have an idol that I don't even know that I'm not willing to sacrifice? Like, yeah. it, you probably hear it in my voice, like the torment that it would cause to get in my mind with being so afraid of being out of God's will. And I don't know if, I've always heard it said, if you have a question, someone else probably has that same question. If you mm. have that struggle, someone else probably has that same struggle. And I guess one for me, but two to people that are listening, what would be your encouragement there? Today's episode of Fill My Cup is being sponsored by Carmela Coffee Shop at Park Place Plaza. You can stop in at this select location and use code FMC10 for a 10% discount. This upcoming season, they're offering pumpkin spice and other seasonal flavors. And for an extra boost of joy, you can even show them a custom design and make your own personal latte art. Be sure to fill your favorite mug with Carmela Coffee and listen in every Monday morning at 8 a.m. for a new uplifting and life-giving message. Yeah, I would say if we get so caught up to strain to swallow, the Bible says to struggle to swallow the gnat, like we get so caught up with, we live so tightly, like what if I miss? What if, I think there's an openness mm -hmm. to where God wants us. Like, like, would you just love me today? Would you serve me today? And that may look like serving in a soup kitchen, but it might be look like going to work or it might be driving to Publix. I think God's in all that. Like to say, this might step on some people's so, but to say there's only one person for you to marry in life, and if you don't connect with them, sorry, you missed the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Like 
I don't think that's how God works. I think there are a lot of different avenues, a lot of different ways, a lot of different opportunities. I think there are ways and plans that God has for us. There are detours that we can take before we get to that ultimate location. Like I said before, you can get to, you can get to Jacksonville a couple of different ways. You can take 95 all the way up and get there. You can take A1A, it's a nice scenic route, but a lot of stops along the way. You can take a, you can take a lot of different ways. You may still get to the destination, but one, you gotta stop a lot more to get gas, or you might be distracted, or it takes you a lot longer to get there than other times. So I wouldn't say there's, there's one way and there's, no, there's, there's not another way. Had I missed that moment, would I never get into ministry? No, I don't believe so. Mm. I don't believe so. I think, you know, God says he loves us more than we love him. I love my kids. I would give my life for my kids. I want my kids to find success in every area of their life. But I would never say, well, since you didn't do that, guess what? Sorry, never doing that again for you. You had your one chance, but you didn't do it. As a gracious husband, a father, as a gracious parent, it's, you know what? I have the best for you. You may not always hit the mark every time, but I know your heart. And I would say this, Tristan, God knows your heart. He knows, he knows those who are, are, are weary and, and, and heavy laden. And he wants to give you rest. He knows those who are struggling, trying to find out what that, that, that plan and purpose is for their life. He doesn't want to withhold from them. Mm. That's not the God that we serve. He doesn't withhold going, no, I'm not going to give it to you. You missed out. That's not our God that we serve. Our God is, is plenty. He's, he's well, willing to give, more than willing to give to us. He wants to capture our heart more than anything else. Don't allow your mind to overplay your heart. Mm. In our mind, we can overthink things. And what if this, what that doesn't have our, allow your heart to be what rules. Even though, it, it, even though it's sinful, allow mm. the heart to help guide you along the way as you're purifying your heart before the Lord. Let, let your heart in the direction God has allowed you to go to be what, God, what, what directs you. Wait, can I pause you in that for a sure. second? Because I get what you're saying, right, right. but I just think that sometimes in like, whether it's new age or something, right, right. it could be like, follow your heart. Like, don't right. follow your heart, follow the voice of God. Right. So what would you, with the heart being deceitful? Heart, heart meaning your emotions. Okay. Don't allow your emotions to be what drive you. But as the Lord begins to marinate in our heart, our thoughts become pure. Our desires become doesn't pure. Doesn't it say he creates in us a pure heart? Absolutely. Like he begins he gives to us form this our heart, heart and give us our desires. Right. He gives us this new heart. But oftentimes we say, well, that's our emotions as well too. Our emotions are great. They're good. They're good. And we talk about high brain, low brain, all that, all that stuff is good. Emotions, thought process. But when we're seeking him with all of our hearts and not our thoughts, because there are a lot of things in life that don't make sense. Right. Well, how do you rationalize that? Because in the natural, scripture doesn't like, makes, doesn't make sense. That's where faith comes in. Well, faith isn't saying one plus one is two. Sometimes faith is going to one plus one is zero. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it doesn't make sense. But we're saying, God, I'm just trusting you in this process. But when our heart is so, God, I want to please you. I want to give to you. I want to honor you with my life. In our heart, our being, our desires, though, that's really God, what God is trying to capture. Right. Will we misstep along the way? Absolutely. We will. We're, we're going we're gonna to be selfish. We're going to misstep. We're going to say the wrong things. We're gonna, but when our heart is right, going, God, I just I want your heart in my life every day. As we sit before him, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He's going to say, hey, go, go back and correct that conversation. Mm. Or, hey, go back and, and readjust you know, how, you, how you address that issue. Or, hey, go, go tell that person how valuable they are because you don't realize how important it's going to be. Like those little moments, those are the little journey steps that we take in our time with the Lord. Mm. You know, versus going, we got these big monstrous moments. Right? God's got to show up. He does. He does. But we can't live on the mountaintops every time. If we're all about Instagram reels, it's going to be short-lived, right? We've got to live in the day-to-day. -day. Right. You know, I tell couples all the time, live in, live in the day-to-day -day coffee dates with your spouse. 
Don't live in the vacations. Vacations are great, right? Those will be great. You have great memories, great pictures. But live in the day-to-day. -day. Our journey with the Lord, same thing. Live in the day-to-day -day journey with Him. The simplicity of spending time in His Word, spending time in worship, and spending time sharing His love with other people. You do those things on a consistent basis, the simplicity of His Word, you'll be on mission. Mm. You'll do what God's called you to do. And He may change some things along the way that you thought would be different. That's okay. But you'll sense in your life, I'm doing what God's called me to do and he'll continue to speak to your life. There's so much peace in that, mm -hmm. that there's room to fail. There's yeah. room to mess up. Like God's grace yes. is sufficient. And I think it's also that idea that our works aren't what save us. Right. Our works don't, like you were saying, don't equal God's love for us. Yeah. Like he loves us while we were yet sinners. Right. He died for us, he right. gave his life for us. While we continue to sin, he still loves us. He still reaches out for us, but he's not just sitting there like some dictator, puppet master up in heaven. Yeah. He was like controlling every part of our life and if we mess up like if we mess up we're cast away from his presence right. when it comes to idolatry or putting something before god or walking out something that you feel like god's not in or worshiping something else what does that look like what does it look like to have an idol in your life or just to not have god first at the center at the top like on yeah. the throne how can you be worshiping idols modern day yeah i would say I think they're different levels. Mm -hmm. I think when we oftentimes think about idols, we read the Old Testament, we talk about the Asher poles, we talk about you know certain Baal idols and all that like they've carving created. Things out of wood. Right, we go, oh, I worship that. Our our modern day idols today oftentimes are what's what's being played out in our mind. What what are the things that are capturing our thoughts above God? Mm. What are the things we think about before we think about Him? Like if our our drive is about our uh, our social status or our career like that's I just want to get I want to attain and we have this the guy I just first of all first and foremost God, I'm starting my day with you uh, second Lord I want to put you in the center of my life I want to I want to journey with like, like when we're allowing those things to kind of be what um, drives our thoughts our feelings our emotions and not things and items that are just temporary fixes um, I think that's what kind of gets us off I don't think we're, we are a nation that goes and idolizes certain images necessarily, mm -hmm. although I think there are some of that. I think a lot of it is just distractionary stuff. We just get distracted with being distracted. We're not, we're not a culture nowadays, like we were 50 years or 100 years ago, that we could just say la or just stay quiet mm -hmm. and just rest. We feel like we've always got to be moving, always got to be doing. And now we, we live in a culture now where we feel like our persona or who we are um, matters more than what God thinks of us. Those are our idealistics in our life. Mm -hmm. Things that we put in front of what, what does God say about it? What, what, what does so-and-so think about it above what God says about it? This, those are idealistic or idols, I would say nowadays, more than we would say what we read about in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. you know, so it's allowing, always allowing our heart to say, God, I just, I wanna go and do, but God, is that what you're asking me to do? How do I know? Well, the Bible says, number one, he is the prince of peace. peace. He gives us this perfect peace to follow after. And the more time we spend time with him in his presence, we know what that peace feels like. Right. So when we go to make a decision, when we go, God, is there peace in this decision or is there peace in that decision? Well, we don't know unless we know what that peace feels like. And we get that peace from spending time with him. So the more time we spend with him, the more time we recognize the peace, and the more oftentimes we get to say, I don't feel peace about that. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not just going left or right, it's going, what do I feel peace? I don't feel peace about that, or I feel peace, I do feel peace about that. Allow that to now be a navigation system for us in our day-to-day -day stuff as well too. Right, and I think like just in the waiting, like waiting on God's timing, waiting on God's plans, if there's someone listening that's like, I have this dream, I wanna, I've always wanted to move to this place and serve God in this way, or I've always wanted to start this thing or do this thing or I have this vision, 
you might be waiting. There might be this period where God has you wait because he's refining things in mm. your heart and in your character. So what would be like maybe one last thing of encouragement or something you would speak into for someone who might be in a waiting season or waiting for a dream from God to come to pass or feeling like, I just want to be in your will, God. Like, what can I do in the meantime while I wait to walk in the dream that you have for me? Yeah, I think when people are looking for their sweet spot in life, um, I think there's a design that God has given us. What are we good at? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, what are we, what are we uh, gifted with? Like, what are our giftings? And what are we good at doing? Like, what, what, what brings that passion in us? And when you can find that, what are we passionate about? And what are we gifted to? And find that, that, that tip of the spear, if you will, I believe that's kind of what we're designed for. Right. And so what is our passion? You may, you can probably answer what our passions are. I know what my passions are. What are we good at? That might be something you answer two or three people around you. Hey, could you do me a favor uh, in the next week or so? Mom, dad, sister, brother, friends. Um, can you write down the top five things you think I'm really That's good so at? That's so practical. I and love so that it, advice. It puts them, it keeps it off, off of being on your own shoulders. Because guess what? If I know you, Tristan, I can say your top three things that you're your gift at are X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And when you've got five or six people who've all said the same thing, you're like, yeah, I thought it was. But now it's confirmed that I am. So I know what I'm good at. And now what am I passionate about? And when you, when you draw the arrow to where those two things are, now you've got an idea of what, where to run. Mm. So many of us are kind of like, I think I want to do this. I'm not sure about that and all. I think when you find the tip of the spear of those two things, then you're moving in the right direction. And then certainly, absolutely, that you sacrificially sit before the Lord going, God, you know, create avenues and opportunities. I, I never want to miss your will. But I also know uh, there are things that you're going to open up, some doors you're going to open up, I just don't want to miss. And I want to be ready to step inside those doors. The little doors and the massive doors I want to be able to step inside the doors knowing that it's from you mm-hmm. and that you're leading and directing my steps. Yep. So good. Pastor Scott, thank you. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom, all of your encouragement with people that might be listening. And I'm just so grateful to know you. I want to, I want to share with the people really quick that when I first was becoming a Christian, I was like, went to church, like seeking God, wanted some answers to some hard questions. And on my YouTube channel, you could find my testimony posted there too. But in that you find my story where I was talking about a pastor who answered all my questions and he would answer them in a way that never said, believe what I'm saying because I'm a pastor and you just believe that I have all the answers. I don't, I'm not God, but I can point you to verses. And I remember in that he also said, so here's the Bible and here's the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so you can just flip through that. And then these are the chapters and these are the verses. And I just looked at him with this like awestruck wonder on my face like oh my gosh you know so much and he was like well i've been at this a long time (laughs) like you were so humble and it was just so funny to me because like it was it was just the basics like the bible and the verses and i was just so like inspired by you and then i would ask you my questions and you just willingly gave me your time and i think we talked about the value of money sometimes and how how valuable and important and needed that is but our time is so valuable and important and you just sacrificially like gave that to me to just sit with me and let me ask you questions and pick your brain and just wrestle through frustrations and, and hardship questions that I had. Like, how do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? And you just were so patient with me. And I was talking about a pastor and this is him. <laughs> this is the pastor. <laughs> Why well, I say this, Tristan, so many people um, say they want to know. They want to learn. They want to say, hey, teach me how to do this. Um, not everybody goes through, follows through with it. And those who follow through, those who say, teach me, those who say, put me in a relationship with the right people, where do I read, how do I, can I ask? Those individuals who continue to stay intrigued in the word 
wanting to learn more, willing to take some of those hard steps, those individuals who are the ones who are surpassing and growing in their knowledge and insight and being used of the Lord, right? And so when it comes to discipling, this is exactly what it is. It's a recipe of going not just to meet with somebody, but now, now purposely and on your own going, I'm meeting with somebody who's given some, some wisdom, great. But on my own, on Monday through Saturday, mm -hmm. I'm doing my own study. And I'm digging in on my own time. I'm not relying on one person to lead me or to teach me. I'm learning it on my own. And I think that whole approach is so valuable. Having a Paul in your life, somebody pours into you. Having a Barnabas that you can do life with. And a Timothy, somebody you're pouring into. That secular motion brings a balance as a disciple or as a follower of Christ. Somebody who's disciplined. And wow. you've carried that over all these years. And that's what allows you to continue to grow as God is using you always to continue to, to reflect God's, God's glory in your life. So, so proud you. of you. So, so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, that's so good. I love that you gave practical advice. And so uh, I love that you said that too, that it's not just Sundays or even with this podcast, like yeah. Monday morning. Wow, what an inspiring story. Like, well, that's great. Like, I, I love that you're inspired. The point is that you're inspired. But the point is not just to be inspired, but also to be impacted. That yeah. you take these stories, you hear this advice, you hear these testimonies, you hear about fasting and prayer and advice he just gave you. Like, find out what you're good at. Ask some people in your life some encouragement for the week. Find some people in your life and ask them, what am I good at? Like actually applying what's being said. And that reminds me, Jesus even says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. You don't just listen like, oh, I like what Jesus had to say. He was a really cool guy. Like he was smart. I liked his teachings. Anyways, back to my life. Yeah, yeah. You apply it. Right. And I just think you gave so much good nuggets and tokens to take away that for me, I'd feel sorrow to be like, oh, I'm giving so much value to people that are listening, but they just listen to this on Monday morning, they get inspired and then nothing changes in their life. And the goal is that there's actually something personal happening in your walk with the Lord that's causing you to change and be refined and run towards him. Even in listening to you talk, I want to start fasting again. Like I want to start praying more. I want to seek even deeper. I want to I want to just press in. And I think that that's the point. We get to come here. We get to have conversations yeah, about yeah. God. We get to share it with other people. So Amen. thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Anytime. I'd love to come back. But thank you so much yes. for having me, Tristan. Let us know in the comments if you would love for Pastor Scott to come <laughs> back. And even if you don't let us know in the comments, he will, in fact, be back. <laughs> so. But... Guys, thank you so much for listening in. I just hope and pray that this was an encouragement to you. And I hope this blessed your Monday. But again, I hope this blesses your week and you just actually apply what's been shared. And so thank you for listening in again. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye.